to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. If you are facing a problem, if you're going to face a problem, you need to understand that God in every problem has a solution, has a means of provision for your life. Did you hear that? You have to be convinced that that's the nature of God. In every circumstance, in every situation, God has provision. He longs to provide. And you go, well, God hasn't provided for me. Well, this is the thing. Often when we're in the midst of challenges, we're overwhelmed by problems and challenges. We can't see any way forward. That anxiety and worry and stress and agitation blocks the vision from coming to me. So I need to position myself so I can receive the vision for the provision. The provision is here today. You've got to be convinced. God is a God of provision. The provision is here for you today. For the breakthrough in your marriage, your children, your finances, whatever it is, the provision's here. Do you know what the problem is? You. Me. The problem is that we can't perceive the vision. We, part, we don't perceive what God is saying. And I want to show you today out of 1 Kings 17 about the power of that provision is in the vision. We see this over and over. Abraham, provisions in the vision. He, he lifts up his eyes and he sees a ram. Provision. Noah, being divinely warned of things to come, moves in holy fear and he builds an ark. See, when, if you can pick up, I say this to everyone, the key to business success, family success, marriage success is the ability to perceive what God is saying. It's not rocket science. I, I, I work with people in business and other areas and sometimes they think I'm clever, but I'm not. I've made provision for God to speak to me and wait on the Lord. He says, those that wait on the Lord will not be disappointed. As you wait on the Lord, see God God is so much more clever, has so many more answers and, and perspectives than you'll ever have in your limited, futile mind and my limited, futile mind. He will show you things to come. All the st- stockbrokers, all the, all the men and women in business, they, they talk about whether the RBA will cut the rates, interest rates. They've got no idea. Nobody knows what's going to happen except God. And so the key is, what are you saying, God? What's it, what's, what is going on? What is behind the scenes? What does it work? Show me what you're doing. The provision is in the vision. Yeah. Did you hear me? Yeah. I'll say it again. Your provision is in the vision. If you can perceive what God is saying, if you can just still your heart and wait on the Lord, provision will appear. And let me say, it's always been there. Some of you are staring provision in the, in the mouth. It's like, don't look at the gift horse in the mouth. But it's right in front of you. You just need to stop and wait on the Lord. God's got a strategy for your success. Look at me. God's got a strategy for your success. I'm more convinced about that for you than you are for yourself. God's got a strategy for your success if you would only wait on the Lord. God plays no favorites. The ones that are the most blessed are the ones that wait on the Lord. 1 Kings 17, 1 says, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there will be no dual reign these years except at my word. 
You're a game man when you take on the king of a nation. That, my friend, will get you in trouble. See, he's not, not one of those flag burners waving the, you know, protesting in, in, the, in the main street. He's taking on a king that has absolute power. And he stands before this king and says, there will be no more rain. Can you imagine having a whole city angry at you? I guess only a politician could imagine that. <laughs> but imagine if you want to build an atmosphere of stress and anxiety and pressure on your life, that's the way to do it. To stand up before a king and, and say, right, king and all the subjects, there will be no more rain except at my word. That is a recipe for a bad day. And the Lord said to Elijah, I think it's time for you to get out of here. You've spoken this word. You've shut down all their rivers, their baths, the water theme parks. You've crashed all the economy. You've ruined their crops, their exports. It's all come to a grinding halt. Elijah, if I was you, I'd get out of here. And we see as we read this story in 1 Kings 17, he says to Elijah, the word of the Lord came to him in verse 2 saying, Elijah, get away from here. Turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. You will drink from there from the brook and I've commanded ravens to feed you. So Elijah went and did according to the word of the Lord. And he stayed by the brook Cherith which flows into the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. It's an amazing story, this. He arrives at this place called Cherith, and, I mean, it's amazing that he hears God in this stressful time, but he arrives at this place called Cherith, and he's at rest because he has a history with God providing. See, people can make great steps of faith because they've got a history of God providing. And I love this because God sends him to this little itty bitty place called Cherith. And I looked up that word and the word comes from a Hebrew root word called karat, which is K-A-R-A-T. And it means covenant. See, when you know that you're in covenant with God, any place you go becomes heaven on earth. See, you can lose your job and get another job tomorrow and you might start on the bottom, but anywhere you go when you're in covenant relationship with God, provision will come. But you've got to understand that I'm in a covenant relationship with God. He, is, he has sworn by his own name that he shall be my provider. There's a surety that comes. You know what? If I lost my job tomorrow, that very next day, provision will be there at my doorstep. Why am I sharing about this? Because there are coming days of great shakings. And you're going to have to know that your provision is not in your job, in your bank account, but your provision comes out of a relationship, a covenant relationship with God, where you know how to hear the word of the Lord. That is your journey ticket to success. It's the ability to hear and obey the word of the Lord. And not every Christian has that. 
We're going to discover in this story that God speaks to people and because of their pain and their problems and the smallness of their faith, they miss their opportunity. The word karat is made up of three Hebrew letters. Kaf, which means the cover, strength. An open hand. Resh, which means the head, the highest, the highest thought. And tav means covenant or joined together. A covenant mindset is one where we believe our Father delights to cover us, to give us strength, and to open up His provision to us. This is what Cherith means in the Hebrew. That there was a covenant mindset in Elijah that knew that Father delighted to cover him, to strengthen him, and to provide for him. So he went to the backside of the desert, the last place that you would go. But my friend, when you're in covenant relationship with God and obey his voice, he will make the worst place, the most insignificant place. He will take the place that's dry and barren, and he will make that the Garden of Eden. Romans 14, 17 in the Passion Translation says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of rules and regulations about food and drink. The kingdom of God essentially is not about externals, but it's about righteousness, peace and joy. That word righteous, it really it means to us a person when you're in covenant relationship with him, you know his favour is on you. And when you know that, peace comes, which is provision, harmony, blessing and joy comes. Are you hearing me today? So look at Elijah. How did he live in this difficult circumstance? I don't know about you, but if I was a prophet and God sent me to the backside of the desert, I'd be thinking, okay, and I'd pray these prayers, Lord, what am I going to do? 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 And I pray that over and over. Has anyone ever prayed that prayer? God, I'm facing a hard situation. I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? And if I was Elijah, I'd be thinking, should I shoot a deer? Plant a crop? No, no, no. Maybe I could sell a prophetic word. That's what I'll do. I'm good at that. I'd be thinking, okay, what is it? But none of these are an option because Elijah knows that when you're in obedience to the word of the Lord, when peace is reigning in your world, God will position you and he will bring provision his way. Yeah. 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 Right. Proverbs 16, 7 says, When a man please, uh, when his ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Did you hear that? When you obey the word of the Lord, God can even make the enemies that are against you be at peace with you. And I love this because God sends ravens to feed him. Now, I don't know about you, but when you study ravens in the Bible, ravens are a picture of the enemy. And when I read this story uh, a while ago, I'm thinking, God, this doesn't fit my analogy in Scripture because dove's good, raven's bad. But God was saying, you know what? I can even take that which is evil and use it for good. I can turn the hearts of men, the hearts of kings that are against you, people that you walk into a workplace and they automatically take offence at you. They perceive the spirit of God in you. I can turn that man's heart around, that woman's heart around. I can feed you in any place. I'll send ravens. I can manipulate the enemy's plans because a lot of us, we look at TV and the newspaper and we think the enemy is in control. But I'm here to tell you that God is still sovereign. He's still king. He's still Lord of Lords. And he can change the hearts of nations and kings. And we think 
that you know, unless all our ducks are lined up in a row, that we can't get ahead. My friend, God can win with any hand. Are you hearing me? And this is what Elijah understood, the God who's able to manipulate, change the course Take that which is evil and cause it to be your provision. Some of you are being ripped off. Some of you are being ripped off. In the past, generations are being ripped off. God is able to take that which is evil and turn it for good. He'll take that which is evil and it'll come flying along and land in your lap. Morning and night. Morning and night. I know I'm talking to some people today that you have been taken for granted, ripped off, manipulated, lies have been spoken, things have come against you. And you know what, my friend? Provision is in the hand of the Lord. He is able to win with any hand. And your job is to stand firm and not react, not get over into worry, not get over into judgment and accusation and condemnation and jealousy and envy and resentment, but just stay faithful to the Lord. When a man's heart pleases the Lord, he's able to make his enemies at peace with him. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up. Don't you hate that? You obey God. Step out in faith and it goes well for a season and all goes pear-shaped. And this is his problem. He obeyed God, but it looks like everything's just evaporated. Lord, I spoke the word. I went and you sent me and, and, and I was getting drink and food and now it's all disappeared. He must have thought, maybe he thought, I would have thought, God, are you angry? Have I done something wrong? Have I not tithed this week? Have I not taken communion? Have I offended somebody? Actually, I can't offend anyone. I'm the only one here. What's going on? But the truth was that when things look like they're going pear-shaped, God is just getting ready to promote you. And verse 8 reveals great insight into the mind of Elijah in the times where things are being turned upside down. And it says these words, and often we overlook them because it's just the Bible. But it says, the brook dried up, and in verse 8, and the word of the Lord came to who? Elijah. Elijah. Hello. The word of the Lord came to? See, God can speak, but it takes a man or a woman to listen. The word of the Lord's coming to lots of people, but some people aren't hearing. But the word of the Lord comes to Elijah and in the midst, I mean, you put yourself in his place. You've obeyed God. You've stepped down in faith. You've got a whole city against you. You think about that. It's bad enough having one person that hates you. He's got a whole city. He's got a king that hates him. He's caused by default through his words so much pain. And then he's in a little place and he's being fed by God and water's coming and now it's all gone. I don't know about you, but I'd be, have, I'd, there'd be temptation to be mighty ticked off. Yeah. Some of you have stepped out in faith and it looks like God hasn't come through like you thought. And maybe today you're really ticked off with God. I tithe, Lord, for three weeks in a row. And you didn't come through. I'm angry. But I love this about Elijah, that in the midst of what seems... See, the reason why Elijah could do all this, he had an amazing revelation of the greatness of God's heart towards him. 
Despite what he saw in the natural, he had a firm foundation, a conviction in his heart. God is mad about me. He's so in love with me. He's going to provide for me. He is a good father. I am convinced no matter what I see, I know that I know. And you know what? After 14 years of being in the same church, through all the highs and the lows, I have a greater conviction today than I had at the start that my God has an amazing plan for this church and my life. There's a deep conviction. So when things don't look right, it doesn't matter. And it says the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And I love this because Elijah heard it. You can't hear God when you're ticked off with him. I'm going to prove it here, but it's by experience as well. The more I say, what am I going to do? 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 I'm angry at you, God. I'm angry. The more God just appears to wake me out. He lets me rant and rave and he says to me, are you finished? I've got all the time in the world. I can't help you in this state. See, God doesn't, and we're going to see later, God doesn't deal in pain. He deals in promises and provision and faith. And I've been on the sad sack side long enough to realize God doesn't respond to your pain. That sounds mean, but I'm going to show you later. It's so true. And the sooner you realize it, the better. The more you and I mope in our self-pity and our doubt and unbelief, the longer it takes to get our provision. I'm trying to help you. I'm not against you. I'm on your side. I want you to be successful. There's no point telling you a lie. I've got to tell you the truth. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, Go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. I have commanded a widow to provide for you. So here we find again, if I can hear God speak, if I can see what God is doing, what God is doing, I will always, always find provision. Did you hear what God said to Elijah? Go to Zarephath, for I have commanded a widow to what? To provide for you. Do you hear that? In the midst of turmoil, God is speaking to you today and saying, I have commanded provision for you. Yeah, no, I've provided provision for you. Look at me. God has provision for you. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. And the problem was some people in this story didn't believe it, but some did. And the ones that believe it get the provision. You've just got to believe God, no matter how dark my day is, You've got provision. So I'm just going to stop in my darkness and say, God, I believe that your nature is constantly to provide. Isn't Jesus the example of that? He sends his son to die on the cross, the ultimate provision. He's saying, whenever you forget how much I love you and want to provide, look to the cross. Don't forget Jesus. So that provision that you want is so tiny in comparison to what I can do and will do. Chaotic thoughts 
and self-centered thoughts and problem thoughts, they are so destructive to you. If I can hear God speak, if I can see vision, if I can focus on God, I will always get provision. But chaotic thoughts, they minimize my ability to discover innovative solutions or receive supernatural help. Whenever my heart is angry and in turmoil, it stops the flow of life. Holy Spirit brooded over the waters in Genesis 1. The waters were chaotic, and we might have that scripture in Genesis 1. There was darkness and chaos, and, and the earth was dark, it says. And when you look in the Hebrew, there was confusion and chaos and disorder. And Holy Spirit comes and he broods over that, that, that mess. And Holy Spirit is a picture of the peace and the tranquility and the trust of God. And it's only when Holy Spirit settles on confusion and chaos that God speaks. Are you hearing me? We need to say every day, Holy Spirit, settle on my emotions, on my chaos, on my destructive thoughts. And, and, and as you do that, as, the, as Holy Spirit comes and you feel his presence, that's the place that God speaks. And when God speaks, he brings light where there's darkness. All of a sudden, see, because that's what it says. The next verse says, and God spoke and he said, let there be light. The first thing God does when he speaks into your confusion, he brings revelation where there was darkness. And you see provision where before you saw none. Abraham lifted his eyes and he saw the ram that was always there. My friend, the provision is right in front of your nose. You just can't see it. That's right. And if the Holy Spirit settles on your confused state, God will begin to speak. And my friend, whenever God speaks, whenever you hear it, you know provision is around the corner. God can't help himself. And some of us have been living in lack and without for so long, you've almost taken ownership of it. You take pride in the fact that you're poor and you'll never have anything. My friend, you are deluded because the heart of the Father is provision. I can't help myself. I've got some bad habits. I just want to bless my kids. I want them to have the best. I want them to have more than me. How much more? Our Heavenly Father, how dare any believer buy the lie of the enemy that God doesn't want to provide? Jehovah Jireh, not Jehovah stingy ripoff. Here's Jehovah Jireh. My provider, Jireh means the multiple breasted one. It means I can feed you and I can feed you. I've got more breasts than you've got mouths. This has got to get into your spirit. He longs to provide. He longs to provide. I, mean, I don't get any provision, my friend, because there's so much chaos and negativity and unbelief in your life. You need to say, Holy Spirit, come settle on me. Come bring perspective on my world. And then you'll hear the word of the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Woo-hoo. Father's authority is established on the ocean of glass. And because I'm seated with him, my spirit reflects the same calm as he does. David said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand 
Come sit with me. Come get my perspective. Come relax. Chill out. Stop worrying about your future. He says, sit at my right hand and the Father's going to make all your enemies your footstool. You can't beat poverty and sickness. and You've got no power in yourself. You're just a human being. Some trust in horses and chariots, but not me. I trust in the name of the Lord. And you aren't strong enough, clever enough to do any of these things. But as we see, David says, sit at my right hand and God will do the work. He will bring the provision. He will do what you can't do. If you would just allow yourself to rest in him, and hear his voice. Some of you are running around like a goose without its head. You're here and there and busy. And you take, I, I speak to some people and every week I say, how are you? And they say, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm shockingly busy. I've got no time for you. And my friend, that's not a badge of honour. That's stupidity. I'm not saying you shouldn't work hard, but I'm saying our number one default position should be, I'm trusting in him. I'm resting in him. And out of that word of the Lord, I'm going to work. I'm going to do what God calls me to do. But my default position is, God, show me where there's provision. Because some of you, the brook's dried out and you're looking for water in the wrong place. God's moved. Philippians 1.28 says, Be no way alarmed of your adversaries, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation to you. Take these notes. These are amazing. You ready? The fact that you're in no way alarmed of the devil is a sign that you've got authority over him. Paul says, don't be alarmed by your opponents because it's a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you. Here we go. Authority is the result of God's peace being established in a realm of your life where before there was worry and anxiety. That's true authority. Some people yell and scream, but they're a nervous wreck at home. They react. My friend, I'll know whether you've got authority. Do you have peace in an area where before there was worry and anxiety? If you've got worry, anxiety and stress and confusion, you haven't got authority and the devil knows it. That's why Jesus slept in the boat. He had no care about his future because God was in control. Number two, there is no authority without peace. It is the stand of peace in the midst of conflict that brings down the enemy. There is no authority without peace. It is the stand of peace that says, Devil, I refuse to worry and get anxious about my problem. Wherever you don't have worry, the enemy has no authority. Wherever you have worry, he has an open door to manipulate you. But if you say, I refuse to worry about my future, he has no hold over you. Every time worry rears its ugly head in my life and says, Andrew, your future's looking bleak. I say, God is my provider. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Get lost, hairy legs. Romans 16, 20 says, The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. That word crush in the passion means to literally beat someone to jelly pulp. That's what it says in the passion. The God of peace will beat Satan to jelly pulp under your feet. He will pound Satan to a pulp. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And it will. There's a grace on your life 
to stand in faith. And when you do that, you don't understand maybe the greatest spiritual warfare thing you can do is refuse to move. Having done all to stand, stand. I will not change my mind. Like my daughter used to say when she was a little girl, I can't like that. I won't do that. Her name shall remain nameless. I can't like that, Satan. I'm not responding. I know it looks bad, but I don't care. Didn't Jesus say, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God, not the cheesemakers, the peacemakers. They shall be the sons of God. The DNA of a peacemaker. See, when I choose to rest in Jesus, this is what he said to me. When you choose to rest in me, it sends a message direct to your spirit factory, ordering a fresh dispatch of authority into the area of conflict. Listen to that again. When Andrew and Hope City Church members choose to rest in Jesus, he said to me, it sends a direct message to your spirit factory and it orders up fresh dispatches of peace and authority into the area of conflict. Hubba, hubba. Blessed are the peacemakers. That's your DNA. The DNA of God is peace. And every time you said, I can't like that, I won't be moved. It orders up fresh peace. And peace is another word for authority. And every time you say, I can't like that, it crushes the enemy's head. It is the greatest spiritual warfare, praise and rest. The enemy is infuriated. Do not be alarmed by your opponents. It's a sign of destruction. He knows that if he can't get you to worry, his days are numbered in that area. I no longer worry about whether I'm saved. I used to. Jolly Thief in the Night movies. They used to have me so scared. I wondered if I was going to heaven. Was I going to hell? When my mum wouldn't come home, I was so scared that the rapture would come because I knew she'd go. And I didn't think I would go. And the enemy had a foothold. He knew what. I'd go out the front every week and get saved. He knew. Just flick that little thing. Worry, anxiety. I've got you over a barrel. Now there's never a day that I wonder whether if I was to die, would I go to heaven? Absolutely. I'd be the first. And the enemy knows in that area, he can't touch me anymore. The word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, get to Zarephath. Zarephath means refinery. It means, do you know, the longer you go in your walk, here's the good news, the more it's going to get even more refined. The voice will be narrower and more defined. And you know why? Because the goal is the prize of your heart. The bigger test, the greater faith, the greater trust, the greater revelation of provision, the greater impact your provision will have. Now it's not just about Elijah's life. It's about Elijah, a widow and a son. So he's going to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. Sidon, by the way, means just as a, by the way thing, provision. I want you to go. I'm going to place you in a narrow place, but don't worry, there's provision there. And see, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Here's what's clear. God told this woman. Now, I'm not beating up on women because some women here, some don't. Some men here, some don't. But in this story, it's a widow and she's so overwhelmed by her problems. God, God says, hey, you, widow, I want you to provide for my gun prophet and there's a reward for you as well. See, if you knew that if you just position yourself to hear the word of the Lord, that provision would come 
wouldn't you do it? See, if the widow hears the word of the Lord in this story, she's going to discover her assignment and receive all the provision. Because in the word of the Lord, there's an assignment for you. And that assignment has provision attached to it. In the word of the Lord for your life, there's an assignment attached. And in that assignment, there's provision. And it may be God says, give that person $50. It's an assignment. But behind it, there's provision attached. I never realized when I gave away all that we had before we got married, all the little $2,000 or whatever it was, it was an assignment. I heard God speak. It had to be God. I'd never think of that. He said, give it all away. There's a man that needs your money. I gave it all away, but there was, there was provision behind the assignment. And all of a sudden, money came in that I knew not of. Thousands of dollars. When we get worked up, anxious, problem-focused, we become self-absorbed. And it is the most dangerous way to live. When you get anxious, worked up, stressed, you become self-absorbed. See, because in verse 10, he comes to the gate. There's a widow gathering sticks. He says, I want you to bring me water and, 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 and make me a gift. Bring me some bread. And she says, I don't have any bread. I've only got a handful of flour, a little oil in a jar, gathering a couple of sticks that we may eat and die. I read this again this week and I thought, isn't this interesting? It's easier for God to command ravens to feed Elijah than to get a widow to do what she's supposed to do. God has, it seems, more success commanding the enemy than he does with problem-focused Christians. Elijah has a word from God that carries the answer to her provision. But she's so focused on her pain, she can't see the answers hidden in the request. And you, my friend, God's got things that he's asking from you. And you're so focused sometimes on your problem, your future, how you see life, that you can't see what God has hidden in the request. God speaks to us to lead us to provision. But we're so absorbed with the noise of our problem. And I, I just think back to times in my life where I've been in pain and problems. And they're real problems. They're not made up, you know, worries me. They're real problems. But I've been so absorbed in the problem, I couldn't hear God speak. I couldn't see vision and provision are interconnected. The provision is in the vision. Do you remember when I talked about Ishmael and Hagar? Do you remember that story that she's out in the desert, she's got a boy running out of water again, and she puts a boy down under the tree, she goes over 100 metres, and she's crying, oh, my world, my world. And God comes because he hears the boy cry, not because of the woman. And I read that story and I think, God, that doesn't make sense. How cruel you are. But God said to me, I don't respond to pain. I respond to the promise. The boy's the promise. The woman's in pain. Get the pain back to the promise. Lift the promise up. And if you lift the promise up, all of a sudden she saw provision. You'll never see provision in your problem. You see provision in the promise. And it, you can stand over here and say it's not fair, but my friend, God always responds to faith-filled people that say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but here's the promise. You said you would never, ever, ever leave me or forsake me. You said that, God. So I choose to believe. You lift up that promise and all of a sudden you see provision. She would have died 
in starvation and in, in drought if she stayed by that tree that says, woe is me. God had such destiny for her and her son. He would become the father of multitudes. Only if she would leave a problem and get back to the promise. Some of you need to divorce your problem. It's a bad partner. It's bringing you down. So I begin each day with a God knot. But I've got to remind myself that provision's in the vision. So I've got to start myself every day in the right frame of mind. God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. I will not. I will not. In that verse, there are three negatives. I will not. I will not. I will not in any degree leave you helpless or forsake you or let you down. I will not relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. It's called my God not. Are you hearing this? And a lot of people, they begin their day like this bit of rope. You see, this is called man's way. What do I have to do? How am I going to do it? What do I need to do? How do I work harder? How do I work smarter? What do I need to do? God, it's man reliance. And if I have this rope here, it takes a lot of energy to try and climb that rope. I'm not even going to try. But for you, if you were strong, you could grab a hold of this rope and pull and not much is going to happen. And so you get to the end of the day and the claim of fame for the day is I'm terribly busy. But I'm not getting much provision. I'm not making much headway in my marriage, my family, my finances, the God's plan for my life. But we can start the day with a God night. Jeremiah 17 says, This says the Lord, thus says the Lord God, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, who makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. He shall be like a shrub in the desert. He shall not see when good comes. Did you see that? If you rely on your own strength, you will not see when good comes. You will not see provision. You'll inhabit the parched places. It'll be barren. And God's saying this today, if you start without him as the factor, if you're so worried and stressed and worked up and trying to do things your own way, you will not see provision. You will not climb. The way of the wise winds upward. You are supposed to progress in life. And a lot of the people in church are doing this, but they're just getting rope burn. And they come to church with their hands in their pockets because they're ashamed to show people their hands. They're full of rope burn. Man-made effort. You will not see provision without the Lord. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hopes in the Lord. He shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river. He will not fear when he comes his leaf will be green, green, stop, go, green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will he cease from yielding fruit. Are you getting a revelation today that you will not be anxious, you will be green and fruitful, and so you put your foot in a God knot? And you progress. And God says, I will not, I will not, I will not, I will not forsake you or leave you. And I could not move my weight on that rope. But here it's easy. And my friend, like Elijah, provision's so easy for you. It's just following the word of the Lord, trusting him. See, the reason Elijah could hear 
Because he started the day saying, God, you will not leave me or forsake me. You will not fail me. You will support me. You will uphold me. The Lord is my helper. I shall not fear. What can man do unto me? Therefore, I will boldly say. See, he had the revelation that God was with him. Therefore, he could say to every circumstance, God's with me. I'm not going to fear. The wonderful thing about this story with the widow, there's so much more to this story, is that God provides for her. She doesn't learn from it because later on she makes the same mistake again when her son dies. But what it does tell me is this. My ability to hear and obey God is not just about myself, but it's about those who can't hear God. Your provision is not just for yourself, it's for everyone that comes into our care arm. They don't even know how to hear the voice of God, but you know how to hear it. You can hear the voice of God for others. You can be a well of provision for others. See, what distinguishes us from everyone else in the world is that we hear God speak. That's what sets us apart from every other Gentile, every other believer. It's not that we're smarter or more loved by God. It's, it's the fact that my sheep hear my voice. We have Holy Spirit who lives in us, who will never leave us or forsake us. We don't have to look for him. He's inside us. And this week, God wants you to stop worrying, stop being so anxious, and rest with him and he's about to speak to you in a whole new way. For provision is in the vision. I want you to say this with me. God wants to provide for me. God wants to provide for me. Now say it. No, I know you did, but let's say it again with incredible faith. God wants to provide for me. I want you to think about everything that you're facing, all the problems, all the questions, all the solutions that need to come. And I want you now to say that to yourself. God wants to provide. He's going to speak to you. In fact, he's been speaking to you even today. He was speaking to you yesterday. The issue will be the widow didn't hear it, but Elijah did because he knew he was in covenant relationship with God. He knew that God was speaking. He knew even though everything looked bad, it wasn't bad. And he positioned himself to hear the word of the Lord. And this week, that's what's going to happen. God's coming again to speak. And we are going to open up our spiritual senses to perceive what God is saying. In the midst of turmoil and challenges that the world faces, what will set us apart is that we are the peace carriers. We bring the word of the Lord and the solution Joseph was in prison for 14 years, but he never lost his peace. And because of that, he was ready at the right time with the word of the Lord that brought provision. Some of you, I'm seeing now that God has such a big barn shed full of provision. I see that Joseph anointing on many people here today that for some of us, we're thinking provision, me, what do I need? But God's saying, no, upsize your dream, increase it, enlarge it. In your imagination, build a barn and let me fill it. And I pray today, Father, let provision, 
come in extraordinary supernatural ways that are way beyond what we need. I'm asking that in the name of Jesus. Father, just right now, everyone, just put your hands over your eyes. I'm asking, Father, for spiritual sight, to see and to perceive what it is that you're doing and saying, the assignments that you have for us to step out in faith to do. Cause us to see beyond the assignment that there is always provision attached. Let great faith be upon your people today. I ask in Jesus' name. Let us be those who see. For provision is in the vision.